1: Good afternoon welcome to woods and water south carolina I have my shadow over here taylor your
2: shadow
1: <laughs> my shadow your shadow i was your shadow the other day yeah you were goodness gracious it, last saturday was national trails day mm-hmm. so we went trailing <laughs> i trailed taylor up the mountain and down the mountain <laughs> you i mean you you hike with a purpose
2: i do even up and down
1: stairs that go to nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, we, uh, one of our favorite family places to go is DuPont State Forest. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's nice, it's close. You can get to where you need to go fairly quickly. Uh, you pass some some neat scenery along the way. Mm-hmm. And so we went up there last Saturday for National Trails Day and I got smoked. I,
2: yeah, you did. I kid you not. You need to get in shape,
1: Dad. <laughs> Come on. I do need to get in shape. That's for sure and for certain.
2: I kept telling mindset of Alaska, mindset of Alaska.
1: <laughs> in Alaska, I was worried about bears taking up <laughs> getting the last person line. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, welcome to Woods and Water, South Carolina. I'm glad you joined in. It uh, looks like Greenville is fixing to get pounded with a, uh, a rainstorm. I heard some thunder and lightning here before we closed up the button up the studio doors <laughs> to uh do the show. And uh if 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 you're in Greenville and you're close to Cabela's.
2: Stop in and see Davy Height.
1: That's right. Davy Height's there uh till four o'clock. Right, David right Taylor? Yep. Four o'clock. And he's uh he's got a table set up, I'll be honest with you. He's got a table set up. Uh the kids fishing pond had him way outnumbered as far as people. Yep. But he said, "Uh, I've got this table, but I'm just going to go kind of mingle. So Mm -hmm. if you're in Cabela's and you are just want to meander through the fishing department, you might turn the corner and run into Davy Hyde. Yep.
2: Go by and talk to him. He'll talk forever about fishing.
1: Oh, he will. He will. He does enjoy it, and that's good. Seeing as he makes his life (laughs) talking about fishing. That's a good thing. Um. Okay, real quick. Uh, we're going to talk to B.B. Dalton Harrison at the bottom of the after the bottom hour break about uh, she's she's a busy lady, uh, but she's got angling women, women which uh, holds classes on saltwater fishing, and then she's going to tell us about Old Bridge Outfitters which makes some cool little tackle box sand spikes uh, for um, for fishermen, and then there's a there's a new app the the My Fish Count app that's out there, and, and what it is is it's trying to gain More data. The people that set the regulations, seasons, and all that, they they can only go based on data. So Mm -hmm. the more data we give them, hopefully the better they will be able to manage. So we're going to talk about that with her, and and we've got a calendar of events. Whoa! hello. Yeah. We have a generator, folks. Don't worry. (laughs) If anything happens, it might be a, a slight blip. And then boom, we'll be back up. Oh, and by the way, <clears throat> peach milkshakes are back <laughs> at Chick fil A. The uh, the official, unofficial drink, summer drink of Woodland Water, South, South Carolina, Carolina is a peach milkshake. <laughs> oh, and they're so good. Oh, man, they're good. That's the first, first, about a month. It's very good. You'll probably see me take a lot of that, especially when you're talking today, because you're going to bring us some information too. I am. You are. Got some good stuff. Got some exciting stuff coming up in July for you.
2: Some very exciting stuff. Go ahead. Well, where are you going? I'm going to ICAST.
1: ICAST for the first time ever. (laughs) She was there last year. She was 12 feet tall and 10 feet wide on the back wall of the Shimano display.
2: (laughs) I. I was there. I, I was there, there in there on print.
1: A <laughs> you were in print and video I because your print. video I was, was print, yeah. yeah. Your video was uh, was out there too. So, uh, but yeah, going, going to go on iCast to yeah. be fun. What are you What are you looking forward to most?
2: Oh boy, where do I start? Um, seeing everybody there and just being there, like just being involved in everything. Being at the Shimano booth, the Avco booth, the Stanley Jags booth—they're like going around seeing Anthony Gagliardi and Casey, and just it's gonna be fun. Oh,
1: you get to go to the—you so get to go to the happy hour party at, at the Costa booth and hear Casey play his guitar.
2: Oh, I do. You I do. watched that on live That's Instagram right. last year.
1: That's—he's uh, a—he uh, can sing and he can play.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What's the thing you're not looking forward to for my cast? I'm not
2: looking forward to. Yeah, anything.
1: Being in Orlando. <laughs> Being in Orlando in, in July. July. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, yeah. There, there are some good things about Florida and some bad things. And most of the bad things are in the summertime.
2: But <clears throat> good thing. Yes.
1: Sushi. Sushi. Yes. We have an appointment to go to. Oh, I can't remember the place. This is St. Cloud. I eat there with. Ha- Greg Hackney. And Jacob Rosnik and Anthony Gagliardi back in January when we were down there for the Florida stop on MLF. And they had a king of the sea roll. Yeah. Sushi. What's mom gonna do for dinner that night?
2: Uh Chick-fil-A. Chick fil A. We'll send
1: her Chick fil A. Hey, well she can go get
2: Peach milkshake. A peach
1: milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh me. But anyway, we've got some uh, some Taylor's gonna give us an update on where all the guys stand on the three fishing tours. Uh, as of the last stop and bb's going to call in if if you're interested in doing the alligator lottery i think that is up on the 10th i looked for that all over the website i could not find the date but anyway if you're interested in putting in for the south carolina alligator lottery you need to do it like today tomorrow i think money's the deadline i've already put in for mine i'm not hopeful that i'm gonna get it drawn last time it took me three years and that was five years ago so i'm sure it's a few more years now, and that's the problem with a lot of people are seeing with lottery hunts, especially out west for like elk and mule deer and some of these restricted zones. I mean, you're getting you're getting twenty twenty two preference points, and um, and I know a lot of people are dumping them. They're just dumping them. They're, there's no hope that they're going to get drawn because the the points keep increasing every year. So you're no closer than the first year you started applying. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a problem, and there and there's some there's some rumblings about how they're going to handle the the lottery process out west going forward. Some of these states where people are dumping points because they can't get drawn, and uh, and the hunts are expensive too. Uh, an elk hunt that uh, my cousin's husband went on last year went up seventeen hundred dollars in one year because of the quality of elk they killed last year. So, it's expensive. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, the alligator lottery, if you want to get in on it, is a, and I'm going to, sounds like I'm in a barrel. Uh Uh-huh. That's what, my brother just texted me, sounds like I'm in a barrel. I am in a barrel. Said you sounded fine.
2: Oh, well.
1: Imagine that. Oh, well. It is what it is. I don't know that I can do anything different on this end to make it sound any better. Angelo, did I sound all in there? Okay. <laughs> okay, Paul, it's you. It's not me.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, oh! What? We have a special guest on here. We have
1: somebody that just joined. Who? Who's? Congratulations. Go ahead.
2: Congratulations on getting engaged, Patrick Walters. Patrick
1: Walters and Emily Watkins. They got engaged today <laughs> or yesterday? I'm today. not so sure. Today. <laughs>
2: today. No, yesterday. Well, she posted
1: the picture today.
2: Well, so did he. I don't, I don't okay. Know. I, I, don't
1: know. I don't know. Patrick, Texas, <laughs> our, our, our <laughs> comment below. Wait, when, when did, did you, you actually did get engaged, engaged? Yesterday or today? But congratulations today. to those. It's I, I I posted up that that whole thing and I said you know that's that's three, three or four because you've got Brandon and Amy got married mm-hmm. and then Casey and Kenzie are getting married mm-hmm. and now Patrick and Emily.
2: Look at
1: that. And there's a fourth. There's somebody else that I'm waiting. I may, I may say at the end of the show who the fourth one is. But anyway, congratulations, Patrick. We're uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you and Emily tie the knot. Oh,
2: What's the hashtag? Knot. Hooked on Walters.
1: Yeah, hooked on Walters. Yeah. Pretty good hashtag.
2: Very good
1: hashtag. Very good hashtag. <laughs> so anyway, I know we just wasted 10 minutes, but that, it's, it's my show. I can waste 10 minutes if I want to, right?
2: Right. Okay, right,
1: right. we're going to come back and get into some serious outdoor stuff. So hang on through the break. Back with more Woods and Water South Carolina on the other side. (laughs)
2: Hello,
1: Mark. It's always cool when people chime in on Facebook Live, and yeah, Mark and I've known each other a long time. We're both old men, and congratulations to your daughter graduating high school the other day. Was that college? uh Oh, can't remember. Oh well, <laughs> congratulations one way or the other. Uh, hey, you, you got a brother now?
2: It's not go. <laughs> This has been
1: a good day. I don't want to. <laughs> no, it's that. Uh, yeah. It's a, it was a banner banner weekend, a Memorial Day weekend when Jordan got married to Daniel Paris, and now I have a boy around the house, which means I'm like, I'm still at disadvantage. Three to two, if it's just strictly women versus men. Four to two, if you throw the dog in. You know, I'm hoping one of these days to at least be a break even. And then, if we can get one of you not to show up and vote,
2: we can win. <laughs> I haven't—I
1: haven't, oh I haven't won since 1992, folks. So, just so you know, I have a long losing streak. <laughs> Let's
2: keep it that way, shall we?
1: <laughs> yeah, we just probably will. Uh, anyway, well, everybody knows we got three professional fishing tur- tours going on, and uh, <coughs> my co-host over here is going to give us an update on where everybody stands.
2: I like that co-host. Co-host. Let's keep it that way. I like it. Okay, so we're gonna start out with MLF. So we're gonna go over some South, South Carolina guys, and then I think we got a few North Carolina guys mixed not in. Not on MLF. Well, not on MLF, yeah, but through we're We're gonna cover MLF Bassmaster and FLW. Yeah. So first on the MLF side, we've got Annie Montgomery who's sitting in fifteenth, Casey Ashley twenty third, and Anthony Gagley already forty. First and 47th is Marty Robinson.
1: And there's one more. And then, more. There's, one, there's
2: more. one more. Yeah. Come on. Last page. Oh, they're in yeah. Oh, Brett, oh Myers. Brett Myers, who is yeah. in 78th. And their next tournament is going to be like Winnebago. Is Winnebago. That okay, right. cool. And that would be June 25th or the 30th.
1: And um, they're the top 30 fish the Red Crest, 30, the top <laughs> 30. So... You know, I, I think Andy told me when I talked to him the other day he didn't have to catch he didn't have to catch a fish on the next tournament. Casey probably didn't have to catch many. Anthony's got I think what forty one to he's got to make up eleven spots, which means he probably has to win the next one. Which is smallmouth. He, he can do, do it. it. That's right. He's a, he's a better fisherman than he gives himself credit for.
2: Definitely. All right. He doesn't give himself any
1: credit. He's hard on himself. A lot of these guys are. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are very hard on themselves. <laughs> you, you and I, we go fishing, and it's just fun. But for them, it's a it's life. It is life. That's exactly right.
2: Well, over on the Bassmaster side, we have Patrick Walters in first.
1: First place, Patrick. Yeah. He's yeah. also leading rookie of the year, too.
2: Mm-hmm. And then seventh, Brandon Cobb, the C-O-double-B. <laughs> and then we have got... A special person from North Carolina thrown in here, Matt Airy Yeah, our buddy Matt
1: Airey. We'll, we'll claim him as a, as a <laughs> ceremonial <of> South Carolinian.
2: <laughs> and then in 28th, we got Todd Auten. And then 36th is Jason Williamson.
1: All the guys from South Carolina on the Bassmaster side are doing really well this mm-hmm. year. Really well.
2: And then on the FLW side, we threw in a North, another North Carolina person. Yeah, that's right. Brian Thrift, who was in 7th. Twelfth, Brian Latimer. Thirteenth, Bradford Beavers.
1: Bradford Beavers, yeah.
2: What a last name. I love that last yeah.
1: name. And then there's a whole and list then, of guys all oh down. I mean, there's who is um, Oh, that's Missouri, not South Carolina. Sorry. <laughs> there's so many, and there's 180 <laughs> on there, so it's kind of hard to get out of yeah. the list. And but anyway.
2: But those are our, those are our South Carolina boys.
1: Now, MLF and FLW and bass are all headed north,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and Davey Height was saying something to you at uh, Cabela's today about those northern lakes.
2: Yeah, smallmouth. So that'll, that'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, we'll have forward to see. To yeah, and those are usually, if I can remember right, the smallmouth fisheries. It's usually ounces mm-hmm. because they get into so many that are the same size that you're culling for a couple of ounces. They're usually quote unquote slugfest, and they're pretty good weights every day. Yeah, but uh, yeah. that
2: will be so, interesting though.
1: It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Can't
2: wait
1: for that. Yeah, I'm. It, I'm. Those those weekends when they're all three of them are fishing at the same time, it's. I got a laptop and two computers going with.
2: Yeah. That's uh, not looking good outside.
1: <laughs> what? Oh, it'll be all right. Quit looking outside.
2: I'm lo- Concentrate. I'm, mm-hmm.
1: We have a radio show today. I know. Okay. Well, thanks for the update. Yeah. Who um, do you think Patrick's going to hold on to? The oh, division? I think so. You think so?
2: I do. He's got he's got all of us on his side. Oh gosh! At least I'm speaking for myself. I don't yeah. know where you are, but
1: I like Patrick. No. I wouldn't mind him winning. <laughs> it would be really cool if Patrick held on and run both won both Angler of the Year and Rookie of the Year.
2: That'd be impressive. He can do it.
1: And he's got the drive to do it. That's exactly right. Can do it. Uh Got a little <laughs> bit of. A little bit of fill-in here. Notice to beachgoers. There's all you people headed to the beach. I know some of my friends are down there. Aunt, your aunt and uncle are down there. Uh, a small number of Portuguese men of war have recently reported on South Carolina beaches. Now, these are the nasty ones. These are the ones that really sting. You should steer clear of these highly venomous relatives of jellyfish, both in the water and ashore, as even a dead man of war has a sting strong enough to sometimes require medical attention. Fortunately, the bright blue float of a man-of-war makes them easy to recognize and avoid. Uh, Typically, a resident of the open ocean, these fascinating animals, (laughs) which are not actually one creature but four types living together in a colony, Hmm. are occasionally pushed ashore by strong winds. They've recently washed on the beaches from Florida to North Carolina. Now, if you're wondering what that blue float, they actually have almost like a fin that, Mm -hmm. that sticks up out of the water, and they're easily spotted on top but uh they can they do hurt i've never been stung by one but i have talked to people who have <laughs> and it's not fun hey you see that we had some the other day didn't we
2: Mm-hmm. it's <laughs> still little to replace going shrimping i've not done that since i was seven and i need to do it again
1: that's too much work
2: well for you because you took a swim dad
1: and that's recreational this is commercial so for those of you who like fresh south carolina shrimp uh shrimp season open May 29th at 8 o'clock in the morning with an encouraging forecast. Um barbecue it, boil it, broil it, bake it, or saute it, however you cook it, fresh South Carolina white shrimp are back on the menu. That's differentiate. The white shrimp come in, in the spring and summer and the brown shrimp come in the fall and the winter. Uh commercial season <laughs> open at 8 o'clock in uh, South Carolina, Georgia State waters open at the same time. Hopes of the 29th and those usually cold period killed the vast majority of the white shrimp. Overwintering in South Carolina waters, delayed, delaying the 2018 opening until mid-June. Uh, fortunately, according to DNR biologists, white shrimp numbers have re- appeared to return to at least the 10-year average, hopefully heralding a better season for the state's commercial fishery. The lack of any commercial shrimp landings from our waters at the beginning of the 2018 season resulted in economic loss to allow the state to apply for a declaration of a failed fishery from the U.S. Secretary of Commerce. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, they're here. Let's see. South Carolina Commercial Shrimp County has historically had three peak periods. Uh, in the spring, shrimpers typically capitalize on the influx of roe white shrimp, large early season shrimp that generally fetch higher prices and generate the most value for the fishing effort. Uh, the summer months are defined by peaking brown shrimp. Look we'll at that. I thought that was the fall. Which are similar to white shrimp in size and taste in the fall and into winter. Shrimpers bring in a second crop of white shrimp, the offspring of the spring row shrimp. Because white shrimp are a short-lived species that are vulnerable to cold water, uh, their numbers can fluctuate dramatically from year to year. However, they're prolific spawners, which means the population can quickly rebound even after a poor year or season, which is what we're seeing in South Carolina. So that's good. And look, people, when you, uh, when you and, and I like to go buy them, sorry, <laughs> I did my share of, 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 Bait shrimping in the day, kind
2: of ruined you when you fell overboard.
1: No, I, no I don't mind stuff like that. Mm,
2: okay,
1: but the work is what I get away from. <laughs> it's a lot of work she to go. on you. Anyway, <laughs> when you go and you get shrimp, if you go to McClellanville, which you can go to McClellanville, and I say this every year, you can go buy fifty pounds a head on shrimp for about three dollars and fifty cents, three seventy-five, four dollars a pound. You have to buy fifty pounds at a time, and I usually go buy fifty. Find people that want 5, 10, 15 pounds. Split it up. Split it up, and I usually end up with about 20 pounds. And you freeze them. You can take, I use Tupperware and bottled water. You put, I don't know, 20 shrimp when you get the big ones, the 12, 15s and all. Uh, You put those in a Tupperware container. You fill it up with water enough to where you push the lid on. Water spills out the side. You get a good seal. It's a frozen shrimp. Mm Mm-hmm. And it tastes, it, look, this is straight out of the mouth of both Scott Laseth and uh, the gentleman that owns Caroline Seafood. I cannot remember for the life of him remember his name, but I interviewed him back in 2014, and he told me a once-frozen shrimp is just as good as one fresh out of the water.
2: It's true. You can taste it.
1: <laughs> so they're good. So that's... all killed off some sea trout, and they started a... Uh, the release over eighteen program, the spotted sea trout operation, release over eighteen, which means you know if you catch a spotted sea trout over eighteen inches, let it go. And here, but here's why: uh, when you get a female at eleven inches, they release one hundred seventy-five thousand eggs per spawn, or three point two billion eggs. Fifteen inches, it's about four hundred thousand eggs, per and that's a that's a good spotted sea trout. Five hundred thirty thousand eggs per spawn, seventeen and a half million annual egg production. So while we're trying to recover our spotted sea trout fishery a little bit here in South Carolina, remember that when you're trout fishing, you know if you want to keep a few, keep a few of the smaller ones, and um, and let those big girls go back and breed some more because they they're the ones that keep that population rolling. And with that, what do I have here? I don't want to do that. Are they? We got less than what? 42 seconds left so we're just going to call this um at the uh, coming back from the bottom of the hour we're going to talk to bb dalton harrison about if you think she's got going on the my fish count app and uh and then we're going to wrap it up we got a pretty good calendar events and some other news stories we'll get to if we have time yeah hmm. you don't know that day
2: no i don't <laughs> all right <clears throat> hang
1: on through the break more woods and water south car on the other side Come back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. Well, that was interesting. Can we say something about the power going out? And we I, had a I generator.
2: Think
1: we did. <clears throat> we, uh, we are currently on generator power <laughs> because the power went out.
2: Well, hey, we have a generator. We have so. a generator,
1: so we're good. We did. It has kicked us off Facebook Live, and I don't know why. I can't get it hooked back up. So, if you're listening, I'm sorry. It's uh, we'll uh, we'll pick it up next time around. With the more Facebook Live, I might set it up for the last fifteen minutes. Might not. Might just do this one blind.
2: Blind. <laughs> That's why we're on radio. Okay. We can do
1: that. Look, we said we we're going to talk to her, and I'm amazed she's 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 obviously not busy today because <laughs> because we're joined by BB Dalton Harrison. BB, welcome to Woods and Water, South Carolina.
3: Well, hello. Yes, I'm so glad to be here. Yes, ma'am.
1: <laughs> we are too. We're glad we have a generator.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy.
1: <laughs> What's, what is uh, what? What is the weather like in Charleston right now?
3: It is actually a little tiny bit overcast, but really beautiful. Okay. And it's the end of National Fishing and Boating Week.
1: That's right, so it is.
3: I hope everybody's been fishing and boating this week.
1: We did, didn't we? Taylor, we went trial fishing Saturday. Does that count?
3: We did, <laughs> and I went to the lake. That counts. So.
1: that counts. And then Taylor went boating on the lake. So, yes, we hit both of it, fishing proud and of, boating. I'm
2: proud of us, Dad. <laughs>
1: Well you 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 are one to talk about, about boating and fishing because that's uh that's pretty much your life, isn't it? I mean you were a Department of Natural Resources marine person and all and uh, Yeah. Take a take a minute just to introduce yourself to our audience.
3: Marine and freshwater actually. Yes. Um but yeah, so I grew up here in Mount Pleasant and um I remember... Well, I don't remember, but taking naps on the bow of the boat when I was a tiny baby. <laughs> <laughs> right out in the Charleston Harbor. Sure. So I've been on the water my whole life, just like Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> but But, um, yeah, so I started um, at the Marine Center doing marine education okay. um, for DNR. And then when they decided that they needed a freshwater program... They uh, stole me and moved me to Columbia, and I helped create the first aquatic education program for the state of South Carolina. Wow. So, that which, was awesome. Which has and ballooned. It, it, it has. They have changed oh, a lot oh, since that, that time and have expanded, and great. they're doing great things with the yes. bass fishing clubs, the uh, high school bass fishing clubs, yep. the family fishing program. So, yeah. I, I just got certified by DNR as a family fishing <laughs> clinic instructor, so Congratulations. just led my first one of those. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Well, speaking of
1: that, though, but you have angling women. Now, tell us what Correct. angling women is.
3: Yes, so angling women is is really for anyone. It's just run by women, right? <laughs> um, and it's <laughs> an aquatic. <laughs> ed- Let me
1: interrupt you, BB, because okay. because that was that's that's a good thing. Guys teaching people the the rudimentary skills of fishing is not a good thing we're just not patient enough so that's where <laughs> i hand it have to hand it to you because y'all are much more patient than we are
3: well well it you know it's not even that really it's it's really difficult for um folks sometimes to learn from somebody close to them so so if you you know guys can teach somebody that maybe isn't close to them personally okay. like a, a stranger or something i mean like at our events, our becoming outdoors Woman events that we used to have for for DNR, right? Um, we could we would have very patient gentlemen that would help teach. But when you're trying to teach your significant other or your mm-hmm. child, sometimes yes. they're like, "I know, Dad," or whatever, <laughs> you know. So so it does. Um, you know, there are some pretty patient dudes too. But <laughs> okay. all
1: right, well, back to uh, yeah. you, woman.
3: But yeah, so we we're laid back and um, low key, and basically our mission is to teach um, teach folks the basics of fishing, how to get started. We want to be able to. Um, teach you how to rig your rod, how to tie the knots. I, I, I always tell people that the hardest thing is is getting that knot down. Sure. Um, <clears throat> we try to teach two, and the, usually people lean one way or the other: um, Palomar or clint improved clinch knot. So right. those are the real basics. But we we want my my mission, my goal is for the person that leaves my class. To be able to show their next door neighbor or show someone else, they want they I want them to be confident enough that they can they can rig their own rod and they can teach somebody how to do it. Gotcha. So it's you know it's enough to get them started and, yep. and get them out there and enjoying the outdoors.
1: And you do it in a really cool environment too, because you do on the saltwater side.
3: I do. I I do both. Um. So I I have I I do travel some. Um, I've done a lot in the Columbia area. Okay. Um, I've been doing some here recently in Somerville, um, and then I do a lot of stuff along the coast in yes. yes, yeah.
1: Most a uh, lot of the stuff I see you're out on uh, out on the old uh, Burn Bridge and and fishing t- t- tidal exactly in the area. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm.
3: Fishing pier under the bridge under the. The big bridge, Ravenel. Right. And then the old bridge. Which, yes, well, old a bridge. lot of people call it the Pitt Street Bridge. Bridge, or, yes. But I call it the old bridge. That's <laughs> what I grew up calling it. <laughs> it's near and dear to my heart. Yes, it is.
1: <laughs> because another one of your ventures is Old yep. Bridge Outfitters.
3: Old Bridge Outfitters. So, in the 20 plus years I've been teaching and doing um, instruction with families in particular, kids and families. Um, I've come across a few needs. Yes. And so I created some products to meet those needs. And, um, and most everything has a little story behind it. But just all of the products were developed with, um, with that education background in mind. Okay. So.
1: <laughs> what, well, what are some of those products?
3: So one of them is a tackle purse. And that one is specifically for the ladies. We do have a camo bag, so um, you know it could be used by the okay. gentleman But um, okay. but it's designed to strap down to the deck of your kayak. Um, you can carry it on the boat. You can carry it on a dock. It's okay. It's got clips on it so that you can wrap it around a dock if it and it velcros all shut. So if it somebody kicks it off or um, it won't come off the boat, won't be, everything won't fall out? Okay. But the straps on the bottom are designed so that you can. Strap it down to the deck of your kayak and um, has a flap that folds down so you can rig over that. If you, okay. if you drop something on a plastic or a um, Kevlar boat, you know, it's going to roll and, right into the water. Right in the water. So, the um, water. So it's designed with that little platform so that you can rig over it. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I can go. So my sister would um, put her boat on the top of the car, and she'd put on her bathing suit and put her sundress on it and drive to church for early service, but if the water <laughs> was real flat she'd throw the boat in and go fishing for a little bit and then come back and put the boat back on and then go to late service oh <laughs> you need a purse that can go both places both places amen <laughs> have
1: my daughter taylor is with me that's where the amens are coming from
3: <laughs> right <laughs> exactly and uh. she'll appreciate this one too i have a um a hook keeper charm and a, and a lot of boat, i needed something to identify my rods because when we would come back in from the boat i we would hose everything off clean the boat Get all the salt off and we put the rod, we would clean all the rods together and he would, my dad would put them in the garage. And I said, e, that one's my, that's my rod, dad. And he's like, no. I don't think so. I think I have one that looks like that. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure that's mine. So I needed um, a, basically, it's kind of like a wine charm. So I can identify my rod. Oh, that is my
2: ride. <laughs> I need to start doing that with my buff, Dad. You keep hey. taking my buffs. No, I don't take your yes, buffs. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I bought them. Well, no, I, what, I, uh-uh, uh-uh, you
3: cannot do that. <laughs> you cannot do that. Um, so, yeah, so all of them, just consider when you look at the, when you check out all my stuff, it's it's based on needs.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, Angling Women, and how do people, if, if somebody's coming to Charleston or mm-hmm. wants you to come to Columbia, how do they get a hold of you to teach a class for them?
3: Um, they can visit anglingwomen.com. Okay. Um, and you can email me directly from there, or um, check out our Facebook page or our Instagram.
1: And then Old Bridge Outfitters,
3: also the same. We have um, again oldbridgeoutfitters.com, dot Okay. Uh, Facebook page and an Instagram. You can get me any of those ways. Okay. Very um, cool. Yeah. So it's you know it's I definitely have got it in my blood. Yes.
1: <laughs> you're old. You're old school Charleston. <laughs>
3: that's right. That's, that's right. right.
1: I know when my uh, my parents lived in Charleston for a couple of years, they lived up behind what is now the Farmers Market on Atlantic Avenue.
3: Uh-huh. I'm I'm less than a mile away, right? Yeah, there. yeah.
1: And that is uh, that is old school Mount Pleasant for sure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The,
3: the and, and they probably they probably went down the old bridge and fished.
1: Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> my mom and dad are not fishermen. They could have. <laughs> Dad's not a fisherman. and Mom likes to fish for squirrels. Oh, gotcha. You got that? <laughs> <laughs> I
3: know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> um, well, look, can you hang on for a couple of minutes? I got to take a break. Sure. And so I think what we'll do is we'll go to the break now, come back, and we'll actually talk about what we've called you about to begin with after the break. So give <laughs> me a couple good. minutes. We'll be back with more from BB Dalton Hamilton and Harrison and uh, Woodson Water South on this side of the break. Welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. We are, uh, I guess, maybe we're back on regular power now. I don't know. Nope. Still (laughs) on generator power. That's a good thing. I knew all that money I've paid all these years has gone to a good cause. Glad to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we are back with BB. Uh, Thanks for being on the show again today. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, normally SAFMC is not something most offshore guys like to talk about.
3: Mm, so I hear. So you hear.
1: <laughs> but but now we did talk. Uh, there have been some some rule changes on the way they uh, accumulate data and manage the fisheries and all. And and what you're doing with them for the next year is a perfect example of that. Am I not right?
3: That's exactly right.
1: So tell us what the SAFMC has done and what you're helping them do over the next 365 days.
3: Okay. So... For those of you that don't know, because oh my gosh, there are so many acronyms right now that I'm trying to learn. Uh, South Atlantic Fishery Management Council is who I'll be working with um, on an app that is a pilot project called My Fish Count. Okay. And I I like to get everybody to say, well, my fish count and so do yours. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm after. We're trying to, yeah. (laughs) So we're trying to get recreational anglers to report their catch through the My Fish Count website or the smartphone app. Okay. Um, so a lot of the anglers that were in the region, so we're really from North Carolina to um, to Key West for the South Atlantic. There's a Mid Atlantic that's above there, right. and then there's right. the Gulf. Right. Um, so so this area um, is we're trying to get anglers in the coastal counties um, in the region to report their recreational catches. And we heard from anglers that they wanted to have a voice, and this is a way for them to be able to do that. So they can help us improve data to manage the fisheries. And we. I think they started out in 2017 with the red snapper season, the short season. Okay. And one of the great things that happened during that um, was they were heard because there was a really there were really bad poor weather conditions that year and the anglers that report it because you can go in there and create your trip and then you can say, you know what, we we didn't get to go not okay. uh, due to bad weather, that okay. kind of thing. So so based on their reports of poor weather conditions, that helped make the decision to reopen that fishery for an additional weekend. Gotcha. So that that, that information is really valuable. Oh yeah. No, no catch or releases or so all of that kind of data. And okay. we're not going to stalk you and find <laughs> your spot. We promise your your information is kept confidential.
1: <laughs> well, I, you know, I was going to interrupt you and say something about that. I figured you'd get to it because all the fishermen are going like, I'm not giving out my spots to somebody right. else.
3: <laughs> right, right. We will keep your data confidential. Okay. And, um, and it just really helps um the fisheries managers make those decisions to protect the resource and to, to make it good for everybody.
1: Sure. It's free app?
3: It's a free app. Free app? Um, you can get it on your iPhone or on an Android. Okay. Um, and safmc.net is the the webpage for the council, but you can go to myfishcount.com and okay. get information on it as well.
1: Okay. Yeah, because I got FM, SA, SAFMC, <laughs> but if I go to myfishcount. That
3: one's probably easier.
1: Yeah. There's my fish count. There There are webinars.
3: Yeah. There's webinars on how to use it. It's pretty easy to use um, when you log on. And it'll tell you, you don't have to put in all the fields. You know, we're going to appreciate whatever information you want to share with us. Okay. So there are fields that are required, but there are many fields that you don't have to fill out. Um, one of the things that's kind of confusing, and I do a lot of bank fishing. Okay. And yes, we really want. Um, I know a lot of your listeners um, go offshore. Sure. And 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 come down to the coast and maybe fish from a dock or wherever they're staying, and then go offshore a couple of times. But I fish a lot from a dock, so it asks for a vessel number. And I, you can write um, dock, or you can put bank or whatever. So it, it is a required field, but you can just put something in there okay. if
1: you if you don't go out on a vessel okay all right yeah and the whole goal of this is it's like with anything it's like with turkey management or deer management fish management it runs off data correct the, the amount of data they have determines how accurate their management is uh, and without that data and within and, and this is where it's important for hunters and fishermen to give the data when it's asked when you get a survey in the mail when you have an opportunity to do something like this it's important exactly. For the longevity of what we enjoy doing, that we give good data back to those in charge of managing the natural resource. Right.
3: Exactly. And you can, um, you can, like I said, you can see some of the things. There's, there's an, op- there's an option to in- include a photo in there. Okay. So even if if you don't have a fish ruler. Call me. I can send you one. But if you don't have one like on your cooler or something like that okay. to take a photo, you can put in a quarter and we can figure out how big it is. I mean, just some some sort of reference sure. for a photo would be great. Okay. Um, and because a lot of times people are releasing things. So and we want that data, too. But, yeah, so if we're, we're getting data that's required from commercial trips and from okay. charters and things. Okay. So this is why it's so important for us to get recreational data because I don't know how many people have ever been intercepted and and questioned to say to get the data for on the national level, but there are there are not a lot of people there's not enough people to sure. gather the information. So if we as uh, recreational anglers can all pitch in, it will be so much more beneficial for for the fishery, like you
1: yeah, said. that made me start thinking. In all the years I fished, which is you know since I was five years old or so, uh, one time, and it was a gentleman in, in Charleston. We were at um, all the uh, Ripley Light, and we just come mm-hmm. in from a dolphin trip, and he he didn't even work for Department of Natural Resources, I think he was doing this on his own, and <laughs> and, and the dolphin study, he was right. he was doing the dolphin study, and that's the only time I've ever had anybody ask me about my fishing.
3: Wow. So, yeah. Uh, well, I've only been stopped by a, a DNR officer once in my whole life.
1: Mm. <laughs> well, I didn't say I hadn't been stopped by a DNR officer.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and, uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention one other thing through this website. Okay. Um, one of the things that's mentioned is best fishing practices. So through the website and the partnerships with Angler Action Foundation and South Carolina Wildlife Federation – they're offering this um, a sequelizer. Have, are you familiar with one of those?
1: No, I'm not, but I'm looking at it right now. Best fishing practices.
3: <laughs> so you can watch this seminar or attend one of the seminars that they're doing. Okay. And when you pull up a fish from very deep, yes. um, sometimes you might see the, the belly inflate or mm-hmm. sometimes actually um, come out of their mouth. Right. And so there's a way, uh, there's a tool for you to... Used to release that fish back down to the depth yep. from where it came, so it's it's kind of the the clip is kind of like a boga grip, so okay. it'll hold on to the lip, right. and you can basically push the button and it takes the fish back down so that it can survive.
1: Gotcha.
3: Um, some people in the past have vented fish, yeah, and and that's still a, a way to to help the fish get back to um, releasing that the air air bladder out of but it's much less invasive to use one of these tools, the okay. um, and less chance for infection and things like that. So Very good. Um, but, yeah, check it all out.
1: Well, I guess we will see you at ICAST
3: here in a month or so? We will. I'll be there. I'll be there at the <laughs> okay booth, and I'll be doing a seminar on Wednesday morning.
1: Very cool. Well, BB, thanks for yeah. joining us on the show, taking time out of your Saturday to be here. And, like I said, Angling Women folks, let's see, Angling Women... Old Bridge Outfitters I have and, a lot of hats. and My Fish Count, and that's not including the personal hats. That's
3: right. <laughs> that's and right. if you have questions on any of those things, yes. feel free to message me any of those ways.
1: Okay.
3: <laughs> I'll answer anything.
1: You'll answer to anything. anything. <laughs> Bebe, thanks much. Talk to you Thank soon. Thank
3: you so much. Yes, ma'am. Y'all have a great day. We'll do it. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
1: So, yeah, it is an important in, in, in wildlife management, you know, if you get a turkey survey, if you get a whitetail survey... Uh, If you have an opportunity to participate in a survey, you know one of these very focused surveys, or, or to do something like this, important on our, it's almost as important as actual hunting or fishing. That you give good data back to those that are in charge of the natural resources, because without the data that we give them, they gotta rely on the limited resources they've got at their disposal. And like I said, it's in our own best interest to give good data. So we can have good regulations and uh, management practices. Yep. Would you not agree?
2: No, I fully agree. Fully agree. I do. Wow,
1: <clears throat> mark that one down, folks. She fully agrees I with me on something. Fully
2: agree. Fully agree. Fully. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> I've got to get to. We don't have time for all the uh, things behind the counter events, but I do have to get to one because Ryan and Heather Grove from Spartanburg uh, sent me this. They are the the Spartanburg chapter of National Wild Turkey Federation. They uh, asked me if I had time to squeeze in an announcement on one of your upcoming radio talk shows about the upcoming local NWTF events. Uh, the Spartanburg Chapter is hosting the South Carolina State Calling Contest on June 15th at the National Wild Turkey Federation Headquarters in Edgefield, South Carolina. Um, let's see. Along with the contest will be this lunch, silent auction, and gun raffle. Also, our chapter will have our annual National Wild Turkey Federation Banquet on August the 2nd at the Lodge in Inman. And of course, you can get more information about NWTF events at nwtf.org, or you can contact Ryan in those or the uh, Spartanburg chapter on Facebook. And uh, it is—it's Saturday, June the fifteenth. Uh, It—gosh, I need to get glasses. Ten a.m. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna have some registration and the different uh, the different classes. Quit laughing over there. Uh, I'm vain. I know I, I should know better. And it was really cool. It was a couple of weeks ago. I got to go down to the Savannah River site and fish L Lake this time. There are two two lakes on Savannah the Savannah River site, the nuclear station. Uh, they get to, they're fished once a year. And this this past tournament was the NWTF Roland Sportsman Extreme Fishing Challenge on L Lake. We had twenty five. Uh, Mobility-impaired hunters, not all of them were in wheelchairs. Some of them have prosthetics. A lot of them are veterans. Um, and I took Brandon Cobb down. He was my media boat driver, <laughs> which was a real change. I wasn't chasing him around the lake. He was driving me around the lake so I could <laughs> take pictures of all these people catch fish. But, but Brandon and I, we, got, we uh, get to fish for a few hours on Friday, and then Saturday is the actual tournament. I believe 15.85 pounds for two fish, one this time. <laughs> We had uh we were unofficially not in the tournament itself because, you know, as an elite pro, you know, but we had fifteen point one. He put he had a nine point one five pound largemouth on a topwater walking bait. Incredible fish to catch on top water. And you'd think after Lake Fork he would be just all over Texas lakes and when we talked to Davey today, he said Brandon called him <laughs> on the way home to tell him somebody that would believe what he was saying about is, the fishing down that there. That is
2: one thing I want to do. I want to be around Brandon Cobb when he goes down there and just watch him like be like a kid in a candy he store. He was
1: giggling nonstop, <laughs> and we had a good time. But, yeah, congrats to all those guys that got to go down to there and participate in that. They told one every year for rolling sportsmen and one for first responders. If you're interested, get a hold of the National White Turkey Federation or me. Until then, make time to get out there. Take the backwards when you can. Don't forget the camera. More Woods and Water South Carolina back next Saturday at three o'clock. Thanks for listening.